cookie. No, no, no. I can't. It's sugar. It's way too much sugar in me. <laughs> oh, God. So, ASMR feed. Stop it. They're, t- they're so bad. Yeah, they don't look too good. They're $2 for that whole thing. Oh, that's like. They're basically just like somebody whipped sugar into a thing. You're just eating cardboard. Now you mention it. <laughs> God, I got crumbs over here. So, we're here today to talk about the full scope. The full scope. The of, whole broad strokes picture of my favorite genre of all time. It's some good stuff. It's where, like, the deep dives, you got to go into all the lore. And- yes. This is where we're Open talking about the, the fantasy genre. And this is where... This is our only second genre study, which is... Yeah, that is true. Interesting. It's I'm, I'm surprised it took us this long to get to another one. Yeah. This is definitely one that, when it comes to telling a story, the world, the setting is, is just as important. The setting, the world building, the... The inf- like the the whole the whole backstory of every character is like all tied into the same kinds of importance. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, you have to. There's, there's a reason it took Tolkien a lifetime to come up with Lord of the Rings. <laughs> well, and there's so many subgenres now of fantasy, and that it, I mean, there's subgenres of anything, but there like fantasy has I think definitely had a definitely been given a, a better spotlight. Not to mention is. that, like, razor-thin line between science fiction. Yeah. No, they, they definitely go close and hand-in-hand. Hand. The only difference, I think one thing that delineates, for me, fantasy from science fiction is, for me, science fiction is always in some way related to humans from Earth. So, like, Dune, for example. Yeah. I put that in science fiction. Though it's very justifiable as fantasy. Oh, yes. I would would not argue if someone would want to put it in fantasy. The only reason I put it in science fiction is because... I think they only mention it once in the first book. Maybe it's not the first book. But the humans in that world are descendants of us from Earth. And they mention Earth very fleetingly and what it it was. It's not there anymore. It was like, I don't know, 20,000 years ago or something like that. The Butlerian Jihad. (laughs) Uh, Also known as the plot of Terminator. (laughs) Yes. So that's why that for me is one of the hard dividing lines. Like Star Trek is sci-fi. Star Wars is fantasy yes. for me. That's kind of where agree I, with that. That's just my way of organizing I, I personally it in my look, head. I personally look at Star Wars as like the dividing line. It stands on the fence between the two. Yeah. Personally. But. Yeah. But yeah, so when you look at... Okay, so I'll just say we all know my all-time favorite fantasy story is... Say it with me now. The Lord of the Rings. Mac and me. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cue the, cue the clip of the kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, Lord of the Rings. Yes, absolutely. That is a movie that is, is still has yet to be surpassed. I think Fellowship is is perfect. I wouldn't change a frame. Yeah, and, and story in general. I love the books, uh, but yeah, we won't. We don't have to go into a deep dive of Lord of the Rings. We're here to talk we're, about fantasy. We, will, we definitely will. At one point, that's, we will. That's in the works. Yeah, but. we're here to just talk about the fantasy genre. In you know, general. like the history of it, the scope of it. Like, like we, we talked horror. Mm-hmm. fall i this this genre is is like each installment of this genre is impossible to cover yeah you know? so i just wanted to get through like the broad strokes i i've talked to a lot of people you know, in the creation of the show and like coming up with like story ideas like there's a lot of people who aren't familiar with the dividing lines of genres and where the borders yeah. are and and two like genre is a is something I feel like we put on stories after they've been made. You know? Yeah, there's there's some that are like you can't really. Yeah, and the cross genre is the main thing. It's more just like there's always going to be that bleed over. Yeah, 
And but it's more just our way of sort of organizing it. It's an yeah. organizational tool that we created to help us. If you if you are fans of movies like The Labyrinth, Page Master, mm-hmm. you like games like Zelda, yeah, or Hellblade Sensua. There's a there's a talisman for things. You yeah, may, or may like recently, like video game wise, now Elden Ring. That's a huge that, that following of that game, game is yeah. crazy. Yeah, Dark Souls. That's another one. Dark Souls is brutal. Yeah, oh, they're very they're very very hard games to beat. Skyrim, um, you know. Skyrim, then another one, the Elder Scrolls, whole nother fantasy thing. So where for you? For me, I put the original fantasy, the beginnings of fantasy. I go all the way back. I go to like mythology. Yeah, that, I would. I would agree. Or with what that. we would consider mythology well, now. Too, like a common trope of fantasy is just the medieval age. It's like I think it's yeah. fair to say that the birthplace of fantasy came out of the Middle Ages. That's fair. I would say, like, or at least so there was a lot of reflection of like Greek yeah. mythology and things like that around that time. Yeah. So I, th- I think that that's like the like at least where like a lot of the gravity yeah, that, of fantasy. That, comes yeah, from. that heroic, that sort of heroic tale. Yeah, is definitely the hero's really journey sweet. for yes. sure. Like centers around it. Mm-hmm. For me, the the Iliad I think is one of the first fantasy stories. That's at least for me. That's how I because you've got you've got these larger than life characters. You've got gods literally intervening. In the middle of battles, and guys, Olympus got, is that way. <laughs> you've got water nymphs. You've got you've got fairies and fays. Yeah, like all all, all that kinds shit. of freaky stuff. All shit. that stuff is there. It's there. Yeah. But so for me, I, I'm curious where you would point. You can't really you have to point at anything, but that's just my personal. But yeah, I would, I, I would say I go to the foundation and the roots in mythology. For I, how I always take fantasy and, and like again, this is broad strokes, very general, but it's like I look at it at it as the Middle Ages, looking back on their present day history. Yeah, which goes back to Greek mythology. Well, what's interesting to, too is like I, I always I always try to kind of try to I forget this, but like when the Iliad and the Odyssey were finally written down. Like for the longest time, they were just oral traditions. For them, the the events of that were a thousand years before. Yeah. Uh, by the time, like classical, what we think of like cra- classical Greece, the the Iliad and all that happened over a thousand years before that. Yeah. So it's similar to like how we picture the Middle Ages now to us. Like, oh, that's a, over a thousand years ago. Well, it's like you and I, you and I talk quite extensively on a twenty four is the Green Knight, and I think that yeah. that, that is one of the most unique. Yes. Expressions of fantasy in modern yes. age. Yes, no, it's, that is... It's taken from an actual piece of yeah. writing Ri- from yeah. that era, from the era of the Middle Ages. And this perspective of a fantasy tale told around the time in which most frameworks of fantasy exist. Mm-hmm. So it's like... it. It was also a book that was lost up until the point it was found, translated. There's there's a lot of interesting, unique elements of that one, but I think that that's, that's a great micro-study. I actually would like to cover that specifically in an yeah. episode at some point. But a lot, a lot, a lot of nuance into, like, what shapes a genre, and it's constantly evolving. And I think the, something coming, like, something like the Green Knight dropping into the bucket this late in the game for a genre that's been around for most of history <laughs> you know, it's 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 interesting to just watch it continue to evolve. which is always you know a shame for me and again i'll just show my bias here <laughs> you fantasy i don't know understand gets that like oh children's quality and it's not it's not always it. true but like or at least i've always the run stigma into with it, it yeah you know. i've always run into that and i'm like really like 
I don't. I mean, there's there's the Rapunzels, there's the Grim fairy tales, there's yeah. all that. But that's not the extent of the of the mm-hmm. whole scope of one of the biggest genres in existence. Yeah, like, it's just the same too. We we talked uh, Avatar back in the day, and I I had I had a lot of conversations with people saying, "Oh, why the hell are you guys watching a children's cartoon?" I'm like, "It's a hell of a lot more than a children's. Oh yeah, there's a lot of deep storytelling in that show. I mean, I get that at face value, it appears to be a children's show, but like, there's some some deep stuff in that show. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Which, and at the time, how else were they going to get? I'm still, that's still something that's kind of an anomaly. Well, it's also too, like uh, we, we've talked too, like it's the nature of Bluey. It's like that, yeah. that show isn't just for, there's, there's stuff yes. in that show that's for parents. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like a good, like, well done story can no, work, on, work on multiple audiences. Yeah, levels. no, I would agree with that. So yeah, I, I put it at like mythology starting and going from there. The more modern, but I mean, well, even if you look at like every culture, every time period going into like the Middle Ages, there is those stories. You said the Green Knight, yeah. King Arthur, which is part. How of many times? How many? How many show? Like, we've been talking a couple episodes in the string now about it, but after the eradication of the Goa'uld in the storyline of Stargate, mm-hmm. they. <laughs> Pretty much dip full in you, on the King Arthur storyline. Yeah, like, you just had to bring my, you had to bring Stargate back into it. Didn't Stargate you? is everything, my <laughs> man. Like, I think it also like expresses the thin line between science fiction and fantasy because like the bedrock of everything Stargate does is mythology. Yeah, and it's it, like they bring a full fantasy. Like the one of the biggest fantasy, like the story of Merlin and King Arthur's court, like is the full backdrop to those fa- those last few seasons of the series. Yeah, and I think like. That re- like I thought that that was so cool that they like are leaning into the razor thin line between genres there. Yeah, and, and one thing I love about fantasy or in mythology too, which I consider an extension of, I consider fantasy an extension of mythology. Let me make sure I get that yeah. right. Is that we enjoy stories like that because it gives us that experience of being alive. Yeah, and that's what mythology I think in fantasy is subsequently is touching on that universal human experience, which all stories should do. But for me, I think they just do it better. Oh yeah. Again, I get it. I'm a fantasy nerd. Fine. Whatever. I'll say that doesn't matter, but yeah, I want to look up exactly the numbers. here. Okay. What are you looking up? Legend of Zelda tears of the kingdom logged 65 hours. Breath of the Wild over 150 hours. <laughs> That's what you did? <laughs> yeah, those are my personal numbers. Okay. So I think I qualify as a fantasy nerd. <laughs> and when we're talking about fantasy, so usually I feel like the big thing is the setting, but also that element of magic in it in some form or way. Yeah. I feel like I feel like if you take that out. Page master. There, there's I, an I always want to come back to. Yeah. The I first of all. Like, I could dive down that spiral, but the element of, like, love of reading and the magical nature of reading. Yeah. And that is bar, no, yeah. bar none amazing. But I think that how that particular installment utilizes magic, I think movies like Never Ending Story, mm-hmm. Labyrinth, all great examples of magic in fantasy. Like, 80s fantasy, I love. Yeah, that dark time. kind of 80s fantasy, yeah. Or, like, there's something about the mystique of magic and how magic is presented in those. And, like, often mm-hmm. often it's, like, an antagonist element. Yeah. So there's there's something really cool about that. No. And for me, I was just, just wanted to say that I think that that's – I feel like if you take that element out, is it is it fantasy then in some way? I mean, even if you look at mythology, there's always a magical – It gets easier to argue against it. I'll put it that way. Yeah. There's always a magical element to it. In some form, I, th- or I think if you take magic out of fantasy, it becomes more historical. Yeah, which yeah, it just becomes like it's almost like okay, I'll give the ex- prime example. 
prime example. I just said, I was talking about the Iliad. So the movie Troy that came out in 2004 with Brad Pitt. Yeah. Eric Bana, Orlando Bloom. Fantastic movie. Yeah. But one of the things who the, one of the guys who worked on it, I think both of them ended up doing Game of Thrones later. Yeah. So there's another. Was it Benioff and Weiss? Yes. Benioff and Weiss. Thank you. One of them definitely worked on it. They decided to, we're going to take out the magical element, the gods, the, all that's out. It's just them. It's just the humans. Yeah. And the whole like prophecy stuff and all the other magical creatures are, are, are ripped out. So yes, when you watch that, I would not put that movie. I would not put Troy as a fantasy movie. It's a historical. It movie. does. It does vibe on like the Kingdom of Heaven style. Yeah. Like no. The, same. Like same kind of thing. Kind of like a brass tax. Like like, the, a, like the, Gladiator. The gods and magic can't exist beyond that, but we're not going to acknowledge it. Yeah, we're not acknowledging it. We're going to take so, it could, so could yeah, or could that. So we. So I guess I'm undermining myself here. But is fantasy? This comes up with a question: Is fantasy? adherent to a magical element i guess i'm gonna say yes i feel like if you don't have some sort i don't want to put a finite line on that damn it put a fine line. no you don't have to but, but i'm gonna I'm, put i'm, I'm gonna th- put a fine line on it i'm thinking it's like i said before it's like it's easier to argue sans magic as non-fantasy yeah so i don't, yeah. I don't know there, there's layers to it. I, I i don't ever want to speak in absolutes i'm not a sith oh okay well i am so here's <laughs> <laughs> But, I will uh, do what I must. <laughs> I just instantly grow beard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for me, that's definite. Regardless, the magical element is a huge point part of any fan of the fantasy genre. Yeah, and you like you don't. I really don't think it gets going the modern fantasy the way we think of it until you get to like the late nineteenth century. I would say you good. Oh, okay, when you talk about when we did like Christmas Carol. There's a magical element yeah. to that. Even, even honestly, horror, I think, is another. Horror often has like it, a, a they, mystical. They, it's a cousin to uh, fantasy, just like how sci fi is. It's just kind of what they do. The magical element, like you said, is yeah. taken, it's twisted on its head. It's not like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Although Alice in Wonderland can get kind of messed up too. It's not Alice in, Alice in Wonderland, depending on who's telling that story, could be yeah, very horrific. It's, it's, it takes, it takes something that we're familiar with and twists it's on its head kind of like a great fantasy story the uh yeah. the monkey's paw the monkey's paw is that what i'm thinking where you like you make a wish but it turns yeah. the wish bad in a way that you weren't expecting Man, you gotta watch talk to me <laughs> oh is that what oh, okay it's it's a, a, i don't want to say anything yeah you gotta watch it it's but really anyway good. okay so talk to me because you had mentioned that before like what it was yeah one sec I'm not going to watch it right now. What are you reaching for? I reached, reached right for it. It's a great movie. It, I, I think it was one of the, the genuine gems. It Talk was, to me. Okay. It became like viral. There were so many viral, like online. Right. No, viral I do. I do. I will say like when you mentioned it, it, also it, definitely, my voodoo, check, check. it definitely sounded like a more original concept. Like it is the monkey's paw, but they. Yeah. They, a there's a monkey's they paw put, element. To they, it. Like, they, it's put, fun. they put a different spin on it, which I like. Yeah. yeah. Where was I going with that? Oh, no. The horror, but horror, the horror genre is, I think. Very close to fantasy because there's that magic element to it. Yeah. I mean, look at any ghost story has a magical element. It's like, well, how do ghosts reel? I don't know. You yeah. never explain really to us what's making the ghosts come back to life or how they're even alive. It's I think just, the ability to make a ghost story feel natural and the more like realistic you can make the mystical in yeah. horror, it can make it more scary. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The more you ground it, the more it feels real, the more threatened. No, but there, there's that sense of of. Suspension of disbelief, that exception of going complete on faith in the magical element. Yeah. You as the viewer, the audience are going to be like the reader or whatever. Okay, here's what's happening. 
let's let's go with it. I'm fine. Even we did Jurassic Park. That's more of a science fiction thing, but yeah. with like bringing the dinosaurs back to life and the cloning and all that. Another other movies like The Mummy, mm-hmm. which I think the mu- horror, I, I, horror fantasy. Again, it's hard to separate. I think they, The Mummy is an is a unique animal, like the night specifically the 1999 Mummy. Yeah. I think that that one sits in a very unique air, right smack in the middle of fantasy, adventure, and horror. Yeah. I think it is partly what makes that movie amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, anyway, but when you look at the fantasy genre, I think the way we look at it now, it really starts to kind of get going. Late 19th century, you have things like what I had mentioned. Well, not even that. If you look at things like 1001 Nights, Arabian Nights, which I think would have been much, which would have been like medieval times, which we covered. Great restaurant. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, that's the one. That's that's Beowulf. There's another one. When you mentioned Green Knight, I was like, there's one. There's a big one. I'm forgetting. There's been some interesting tellings of Beowulf. The the CGI ensemble cast was a very interesting experiment. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. That's another one. Uh, Tolkien actually did a whole translation of Beowulf once, I think, before he did Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, but that's one that I think we're a lot of, we look at a lot of the tropes and things we come to expect from the genre kind of come from. You have that monster, you have the classic traditional hero, you have dragons. That's a big one that you see a lot. That, what, do you, that, what do you all got in that fantasy? I got dragons, I got <laughs> wizards, and but, uh, Traginus. Traginus. <laughs> <laughs> Fear not, for we can take a humdrum name like Nebuchadnezzar and turn it into this. Nebuchadnezzar. And it's that simple. But yeah. Like Must if, not rupture the moon crust. <laughs> 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 but yeah, you have that a sort of that percolating. That's a terrible word to use. Of the modern fantasy genre in like the late 19th century going into the 20th with things like I'd mentioned, like the Penny Dreadful things. Early like comic book stuff. Yeah. And then I think for me, obviously, the the grandfather of it is Lord of the Rings yeah. when it comes out. That it's tough to it's tough to beat in the it, fantasy genre. It's tough to just because of how influential it is on the fantasy genre as a whole. Well, not, now. Like the book itself, but then you tack on the pop culture sensation yeah. of the movies, like and then the home release of the extended editions like brought a whole wave of people to the books, seeing that there was a greater depth. In the movie, mm-hmm. I think that that had, I think the extended editions of the films had a, had a surge to bringing people to reading Yeah, that maybe only Harry Potter oh, yeah, yeah, was yeah. Cap- uh, otherwise capable of. Like, like, I think that the early 2000s had a wave of bringing people to fantasy reading, fantasy books, fantasy novels, like, like nothing ever before it. Yeah. So I, th- I thought that that was, that was one of the coolest things at that time, I think. Yeah, no, and it's definitely, when you look at it, if, if we kind of start there as the modern fantasy trend, I mean, it brought together what you expect now. Like that whole medieval style that you're looking at, I think, comes right out of that. Yeah. And I mean, since, since I, I did want to touch also on, on Harry Potter, is like Harry Potter brought in a lot of elements from things like, like Lord of the Rings, a lot of the 80s fantasy pop culture sensations i think that's part of why harry potter got so successful because it was kind of like a melting pot of all these different pieces of fantasy yeah and brought them into a very palatable environment for like a youth reading like it and it wasn't like a very typical ya type novel it was it did have this this stern structure to it like lord of the rings this very sound yeah yeah, yeah. storytelling environment i think that there's a solid reason for why harry potter is as, as successful as it has been yeah and there is something that I will give. There's something that you just can't. A story told well, yeah, even is always going to keep you hooked. 
Yeah. Uh, also, when you have that long spread of over seven books, mm-hmm. and over Lord of the Rings, you have The Hobbit, The Cimmerillion, the, yeah. the, the whole trilogy of Lord of the Rings. You have the, the whole trilogy, and there's still like and other the things. the wealth of notes alone that on, he had, on the whole yeah. world. Like, yeah, and that's that's interesting that I've always thought. like the, the I learned quickly, you can't do the amount of world building that Tolkien did and expect to you, turn no, out just, a book. You could just end it there. Like You can't do the amount of Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, you can. You could try for it. I just think you have to be realistic and know that, okay, do you have 20 years? You could have a take. team of people living existentially in the woods and still not achieve the same <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, true. True, true, true. But, yeah. But, yeah, going into, like, I'd say if you look at, like, the 50s, the 60s, a fantasy kind of, like, doesn't Well, there was a, that was the age of modernism, you know? Yeah. The space age was in full form. We the, we were living in the the ground level of the nuclear age. Well, you have westerns too. Science, the, you have the, science was yeah. in full form. It was it was tough. Sci-fi starts to come big, become big then. It was tough to look into the brick and mortar of the past and the mythos. When mm-hmm. you know how you have all this new rise in technology, like everyone was looking forward to the to the future. Yeah. So I think that that's where like fantasy it took a dip. <laughs> yeah. And then you have you look at I, I can't think of anything like. 60s or Disney's Disney had some life there, mm-hmm. but it was like I think that that's where fan like a lot of where fantasy became popularized as for kids, yeah, because it was like, oh, that's a Disney cartoon. Well, I think too, like, go when I was saying, like, the reason, like, when you hear that, like, stigma of oh, children's this is for children, yeah, I think it goes back to things like Alice in Wonderland, yeah, because which was like what 18, 1860s or something like that. And I think it's just like because that was so popular with children, it had like an effect where things like Lord of the Rings that came much later, yeah, or more recently like Game of Thrones, just just it, then people were just kind of stamped. Well, it's in the same vein as Alice in Wonderland, so therefore it must be for children. Yeah, which, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's it's very closed door mentality to something that people might get a lot out of. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, another one that I always forget. C.S. Lewis and Chronicles of Narnia. Narnia, Narnia is, I think, we're about to see a big resurgence because actually I was talking about this recently, the, the downfall of the film franchise mm-hmm. and Harry Potter killed it. You think? Um, the box office success of Harry Potter that nobody could compete with at the time. Yeah. Narnia's numbers were just... Pfft, down, down the, the down. Yeah. so they they just cut the cord and stopped going with it yeah because it was costing them more it was making them so it was just bought him the studio out so they were like well we're not doing this because it's this is a losing battle uh-huh we can't they're like we can't compete with harry potter so i i it makes sense but it was like it was unfortunate because narnia is a fantastic like a very very deserving of a big big pa- big storytelling yeah. palette being told on a grand scale but i they're they're on the cusp now of netflix is going to do their iterations with greta gerwig oh okay behind, behind the driver's seat all so right uh, off, off the heels of her barbie success i'm yeah. very interested to see which now that she has a taste and hunger for the big budget stuff yeah. and knows how to like really wheel that machine i'm interested to see what she does yeah no it's something i forgot speaking of like a huge fantasy thing i just totally forgot wizard of oz oh, that, yeah i mean that's the quintessential at least film wise like also from a film history standpoint it was the movie that brought the world into color yeah literally yeah (laughs) i mean you can't although do i I don't know does it still have bang bang also somewhat fantasy around that yeah does does something do do you think like movies like that still have a place in today like i honestly don't know like i hope that they do i know so do i i only ask this because so recently for work 
we each year we do like a theme for our Halloween parade. And yeah. this, this theme this past year was Wizard of Oz. And I don't know if everyone recognized it as much as I would have thought they would. At least the kids. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Now, I don't have kids. So like I could just be I could be a complete idiot here yeah. with this. But maybe it's just one of those things that, like you said, I hope not. I hope it's still something that people watch and enjoy. I, I with the state of the home video market, I know like things are constantly shifting and changing, and streaming is an enigmatic animal that can't be yeah. grasped. But I like to think that with the vast access of the the nature and growth of the home video market, I hope to think that things like have a resurgence and are coming back. And yeah, I, I have I have a thinking and a belief that things come back around. Well, and I think uh, what I had mentioned in the previous episode too, I has the 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 soapbox that I constantly keep standing on that this idea of the rhythm, the breathing room of more modern stories. Yeah. And I think for me now that I'm just kind of coming to this realization. One of the reasons I enjoy that more is because fantasy has a lot of breathing room or at least it usually does. It doesn't yeah. always have to. The stakes are always very high. There's always like something going on. One particular, I'll just do a little plug here, not sponsored at all, but a good little fantasy book that I'm anxious to read is called Legends and Lattes. Ooh. It's literally just someone running a coffee shop in a fantasy world. That sounds interesting. As yeah, hell. yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. Like, see, and that was like a cool Ginseng play. Tea. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It made me think of that. It made me think of Iroh. Yeah. And how he just wants to own a tea shop somewhere. It's, it's my like, fa- one of my in favorite fact, I would be curious if the person, if the author got the idea or was a fan, is a fan of Last Airbender. But yeah. I think that's one of the things you can do so much with fantasy. I think it just hinges on how you interpret I that. I think you may be onto something here. With that this. magic element. Are you standing up too? Here we are. Two idiots standing in a circle. There we, now I'm standing. You happy? <laughs> you happy now? Oof. You don't. You didn't have to stand. Well, I felt like yeah, now I'm like, I just wanted to sounds, stretch. That sounds good. <laughs> but uh, yes. No, we dude, have the technology We to have stand. the technology to stand. We can do it. Yeah. No, I think that's like cool is like how you interpret your magic element and what you're going to do with it and you look through like there's a lot of times and i'm going from like a a novel a fantasy novel yeah. thing like fantasy 2 because it's done a lot it can get stale like i feel like if you're going to write a fantasy story and you look at today's things like you have to be careful with going for that medieval western medieval middle ages go medieval setting. on their ass go yeah <laughs> but you, but you got to be careful because that can that could it's been done a lot so you're going to have to make sure you figure out why you're doing that as a, as a story for your story. Yeah. I think, oh, another great fantasy book that I read is called Jade City, and it's an urban fantasy, and it takes place in a completely fictional world, and they use jade is like the magic element, and it can yeah. give the person superpowers, essentially. Like, that's sort of the... And sometimes it can be very simple, just like, okay, that's what they're going to do. And then, I've talked about this before, you don't have to have 30 magic systems in one fantasy story. Sometimes overcomplication can be the worst enemy. Yeah. No, and there are those who would say, argue that like fantasy has to be a simple story. And then there are others who would say fantasy has to be complex and epic. But yeah. clearly it can be both. Yeah, I think it's depend like knowing the animal you're working with, knowing like the environment, how it's going to be palated, I think is like the key to that. Yeah. But like what people are going to be able to golf, like eat up. Yeah. But yeah, looking at it today, so uh, you had brought it up. Might as, well, might as well just get into it. You had brought up Zelda before, yeah. so tell, take me through, t- 
take me through your Legend of Zelda because that Let is me get definitely out the books. They have that several is, tomes. <laughs> you do have several tomes. That is definitely the Wizard of Oz, the Lord of the Rings, the the, the I think it is Iliad kind of of, of think, its medium. I'd say I think it's kind of the the fantasy epic of the current time. Yeah, like I think it's the one that like most people in terms of like obviously excluding things like Dune, things that a lot of other people are digging into big time. I think yeah. Zelda, like you, fans of that franchise, are like die hard like they're like i know mm-hmm. so many things about like any like hardcore fan of zelda knows like way too much about that particular piece of fantasy yeah <laughs> like they're like the worst kind of fans i try not to like pummel people with knowledge of zelda because uh-huh. <laughs> like, there is a ton of lore by the way he pummels it with me all the time I mean, yeah <laughs> I, I mean it's a, i've walked in you'd be like dude just got this new zelda book i'm like are there any more Zelda books for you to get? Dude, You've I don't bought even, them all. I don't have them all. There's a <laughs> there's an like an Encyclopedia Britannica. There's I think it's like four volumes. Yeah, I have one. Oh, of Jesus, those. there's 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 <laughs> I a, can't I can't argue. I have like a ton of Lord of the Rings stuff. So. Yeah, I, uh, that would be the that would be me being. A yeah, hypocrite. the one the one I have from that is like the Art Styles book. Yeah, there's an encyclopedia. There's a, a history and lore of Hyrule. I really want that one. Mm-hmm. There's. And at the risk of turning this episode into a Zelda episode. I don't know. I mean, it was, um, was going to be part of it. But uh, th- there's so much depth to that world. It's like it's grown since the eight, like the 80s. Like they've been building this, the yeah. lore out of this and like all the depth of it. They've got now with the last two op- big open world games, they've just really dug in and like built out the lore of this whole yeah. insane world. And you can physically walk around in it now. <laughs> like you can, like. Well, and that's too, like for video games, I feel like the fantasy genre just lends itself like they go hand in hand yeah because you can have the time to explore the world whereas in a movie you don't have much time at all in a book you have more time but not all the time I whereas think what's like so interesting about zelda is it changes the world with every iteration so yeah every no two games of zelda are like the same version of hyrule yeah it's kind of i, I like how they do that in that going back to mythology the roots for me of fantasy. Yeah. But you look at, I'll just take like the character of Hercules and like his trials, like some of them can be different depending on what era you're, they're being told from like, Oh, and here he did it this way or in this time he did it that way. Yeah. And coming from an oral tradition that makes sense. Yeah. And so that's what I always took for Zelda when it would each time, like it would be a new game. It was just, this is just a new telling of the same story but told a little bit differently and it's i never knew there was a timeline thing going on oh it's yeah it's too it's it's like so like the whole thing is like link in basically a very iteration is coming back into hyrule after like years yeah of like try like he he only comes back when he's needed Mm -hmm. is like the mythos so yeah and he basically comes back to rid hyrule of ganon even though ganon can't technically be killed he can only be pushed to the ether yeah and it's 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 an interesting story because it's like the battles of good and evil are very unique yeah. which i kind of like and it's there's there's rich deep magic i like all the deepest elements of what make what we've talked about make up a fa- piece of fantasy it's like a tea, just the tea bag is steeped through that yeah. water it's just it's everywhere like f- like more things than you'd ever want to know about fey mm-hmm. and pointy eared everything was like <laughs> every, is, like in there they, they have unique names for everything too it's like there's not elves there's not they, i think the only unique name that they use is fairies yeah but short of short of that it's like it, it is very different from a lot of other pieces of no and, and that's what i love about it having not i haven't played all of them but i love the fact that it, that's one of the key things to me about a fantasy is the setting yeah that keeps me 
coming back. So I guess you could you could technically have, now that I'm thinking about it, a fantasy story with either it would have to then be a completely separate world. I think so you could so you could have no magical element, but the world would have to be completely different. Yeah. In and of itself. So like even if even if everything works the same and it's humans, but they're just in a completely fabricated story realm that works just as well. But I think once you either get rid of the magic or go with our setting here on earth, you have now for me crossed that line into, okay, regular fiction or non-fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could go off on Zelda. Yeah. It's, it's a deep, deep genre. Like, I think it's one of those limitless genres like this in science fiction. There's, there is no limit. Like, no. You can go and like fantasy is pure imagination. Science fiction spans all of time and space. Mm-hmm. So it's like there are no like in diff- very different ways. Both those genres have absolutely limits. Well, yeah, and if you're looking at how you're going to write a fantasy story, that sense of we talked about characters, plots, setting, setting is key, and your magic element is key as well. Whether what you're going to have with it, I've noticed some of the more recent fantasy books I've read is fantasy. Would you say this is just more of a question I'm posing? Do you think fantasy is starting to get too spread out, too thin, too too saturated in lore? Like, do people sometimes focus too much on the lore when it comes to like movies or books? In a video game, I'm like, you know what? You can have all the lore in there that you want. Because, in fact, the more the better. Yeah. So that's an exception to it. But is it at the expense of telling a good story. Does that sort of happen? It's almost like it's it's you you get what they call world builders disease. That's one of those things you that spend I think so is the much, prerogative. Yeah, of, you of spend so much time working on the lore that you never tell a story. Yeah, that's it's a tough question because I don't think there's a finite answer to that. No, but I think I think that's really depends on who you ask because it's one of those things like there's people that are going to want as much lore as you can throw at them. Yeah, they're going to be like, give me a, a series with 15 seasons and every page of the source material mm-hmm. on there. And then there's people be like, get me out of here in 15 minutes. Yeah, I'm done. Well, I want a short story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. So no, it's too knowing like your audience and yeah. who you're who you're writing for. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a tricky animal. It's I, I think it also depends on this the piece you're telling. Some some stories lend themselves to a more simple telling, and it's like all, like you've said before, it's like all that backstory can be in your head, but it doesn't have to be on the page. No, yeah, not not necessarily. Anyway, but, no, yeah, one thing I think I forgot to mention, just one of the subgenres that I've started to get into or like enjoying is sword and sorcery. Yeah, it, and that's kind of like Conan stuff. But what I like about that is when you look at that particular subgenre or grim dark you'll hear that term too or like low fantasy it's taking a normal character not a normal character but there are the, no normal the, characters. the stereotypical <laughs> thing is having some big strong guy with a sword like yeah. just picture conan that's like grim dark going up against so taking like a non-magical protagonist going up against a magical sorcerer or something yeah. hence the name sword and sorcery because you you're have you're putting the bronze against sort of like the brain i guess yeah. I like it though. Did you say bronze? Yeah, what the bronze? It's brawn. What did I say? You said bronze. Oh, like sorry. I got <laughs> I got I got I got other stuff on the head, on the mind. Yeah, the brawn. I'm sorry. The dunadine, the brawn. <laughs> you could take the brawn and go against the brain. My bad. The bronze. I'm using that from now on. I like that. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you got the bronze. It sounds, you got the bronze. Sounds like a bit from Sunny. You got the bronze and you, you got, got the, the brains. bronze and the and the brains. <laughs> 
Hey, hey, I've been I've, I've worked today. It's been a while. It's taken a while. Are you saying you're taking it for granted? Yes. Granite? <laughs> I'm taking it for granted. Rick and Morty. <laughs> and one thing I like, though, about it is it. if you look at it, if you take out that aspect of that, the protagonist with the sword has to be some beefcake who can bench 50 million pounds and diesel muscles out to here. Yeah. You have this this great conflict of just a regular character going up against a su- normal, the common versus the supernatural. And yeah. you go right back into that horror aspect of it then when you look at it that way. Like how many horror movies is it literally just a normal person facing the supernatural, yeah. the unknown? Yeah, like all of them. <laughs> to some so, like, the point I was just like, you could you could even like have argue that the fantasy genre is almost like a super genre in the sense of like the elements that it contains. And how how have we not talked about Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, <laughs> that's what I, yes, I was going to bring that up too yeah. when I was saying about video games. What I love about Dungeons and Dragons is it is very much a creative exercise, and yes. it's like you can come up with a lot of the rules, but it, you look to the core compendiums, like the core campaigns that they are written by the powers that be uh-huh there is a lot of lore built into those for like yeah. what they intend the world of dungeons and dragons to be yeah i personally am very much of like oh i want to build a D campaign centered around the thing or terminator yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's my like interpretation of D because you can take the math and apply it mm-hmm. to anything but there is very much an intended storyline mm-hmm and that's partly why I like picking up the campaigns because I like just reading them. I just like reading like what the storytelling is yeah. in there. Like, so I, I have that's another problem I have is collecting D and D books. <laughs> I have I have too many books. I have way too. Many well, books. I think it's just that for for fantasy, one of my love of it is that in, enrichment. Like, there's always there's always something there, even if even if it's something you think you've heard before. You just those details are there for you to go back to and look at and explain more if you want if you want to like we're both we're both of us to a degree we're researchers so i think i don't know about me but (laughs) yeah but anyway but like fantasy lends itself to that mentality yeah the more there is to dig into the more of a feast that as as that kind of a minded person fantasy there you go fantasy is is a feast genre it really is and it's like it it just has i feel like it has just so so like zelda is a prime example lord of the rings is a prime example there's just like such a wealth of stuff to dig into that you like it's a mountain you can't climb yeah no matter how like you're not like you just aren't going to absorb all this material and i find that to be like not just like a personal challenge but like they're like i feel like i it's like a buffet that i yeah. can't ever possibly eat it's, like, it's it is an all-you-can-eat buffet but you'll never you'll never get through it and it's like it's you never be, can be done eating much. it I, I do i do kind of have to walk away at times because i'm like i am too down the spiral i need, like, I need yeah to, yeah yeah for my personal health i need to back off like but there, there's there, i as somebody who like loves to dive down that spiral it's partly why i always keep coming back to fantasy yeah and like science fiction and others but like that's why I love it because there's just there's an insurmountable amount of material there for most of the things that are in that genre, and it's it's hard though too to come up with something original in it. I mean, it's hard to come up with something original. Period. Yeah, but if you look at especially in the book, there's like there's there's so many fantasy stories out there that all seem to draw upon one another. Yeah, one thing I think is interesting. I'm going to go back to Lord of the Rings again. Is he kind of unknowingly or knowingly flipped sort of the way you do writing in that usually you come up with like the plot and the characters first and your setting comes a little bit later. Yeah. He kind of did it the opposite way. He, the languages were first 
the histories were first and he needed a, a world in which to have these languages exist. Yeah. And then thus came the stories from that. So that's that's doing it like backwards or like upside down. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I find always interesting. But we've said the feast of it. Like it's just there's a reason why I collect these these books of like I have probably like eight or nine campaign books of mm-hmm. D&D. I have like I have the art and history of Zelda. I have all the guidebooks for Zelda. Like what I find interesting about Zelda is for every iteration that they have where they like retap like what Zelda is. Yeah. There's like there's Majora's Mask, there's Ocarina, which are like one iter- like two games that make up one iteration. Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild make up like one iteration. Yeah. So it's like not even just one game. It's like you have two of like Z- Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild are like two of the biggest Nintendo games ever made in terms of like walkable area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you're like literally just walking around like the full rendered version of Hyrule and Tears of the Kingdom took from what Breath of the Wild was one of the biggest games ever bought on a Nintendo platform and basically multiplied it by four in terms of walkable space. Yeah. So I'm like, this game is impossible to complete. How am I ever going to finish this? <laughs> like, it's just like, it's, it, I, I think that in terms of video game space, I think that Zelda has pushed the fantasy genre to its extremes. Yeah. In a way that like is is somewhat childlike, like could be argued as somewhat childlike, but I think that only makes it more accessible. Mm-hmm. I think that it just makes it this like all, like kind of like Avatar like it's accessible like by kids and the fans of the original iterations it, like it you know. it this is going to sound very strange but it fantasy to me almost has that eternal well type yeah thing to it like that that holy grail sort of in the sense of like it's a it's a it's a cup that's never empty yeah you just keep going back to it also, it's like like adventure. Like we we talked, Mummy was kind of like in the middle of several genres. It's like yeah, there's also like Pirates of the Caribbean, which very much like is like sea lore. Yeah, once steeped. you get that lore, yeah. So it's like the, you could be argue, again you could setting. There's magic in it. When you throw those two elements in there, it's a bit of the, an ungraspable, fickle thing that you yeah. know. Fantasy is kind of intangible to a degree. It's like it can. There's a lot of things that can be argued. I I am the worst person to describe genres because like I make arguments for things being certain genres that people go to look at me and tell me I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like our, our Die Hard episode, prime example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, I, 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 I firmly believe these things. I don't need anybody else to believe them. But like when people look on my voodoo lists, they're like, "Why do you have that?" Yeah. This? Because I'm like, because it is that type. <laughs> like I can make, I can give you like a detailed thesis yeah. of why it is. Like I don't know. No, it's, it's just. So I think I'm the worst person to explain genres. <laughs> is my point? But again, <laughs> like, like uh, earlier, just remember, genre is an organizational tool. And then that's more all it is. when you look at a. It also yeah, helps. I, you, put, I think in writing, it helps you like identify what yeah, what it, your ideas. It's are a roadmap around. of knowing like okay, here's what the audience will expect from me or the reader. Yeah. If I do something in this genre, and you can right? choose it's, to give those it, people the finger. Yeah, or it whatever. is. Well, no, it is more of a marketing thing first, I would yeah. say. But it's just knowing like once again, I'm going back to food again. If you go to a certain restaurant and it's Italian cuisine, Argentinian cuisine, like you're going to expect that something of that flavor there. Like I, I wouldn't want to go to like a, a five-star restaurant and be served a McDonald's burger for 60 bucks. That makes me think of the Ralph Fiennes menu. Have you seen that? <laughs> yes. No, I just want a cheeseburger. <laughs> I just want a cheeseburger. Oh, yeah. 
But like, but I'm like, yeah. Then I'm then I'm just gonna go get a cheeseburger. Yeah, so that's what I wanted. I'm expecting the cheeseburger, and that is what genres for me are. It's just kind of a classification and the the sort of these are the boundaries and what we have picked out and learned that tend to go in this genre if you're writing something. Yeah, in it. But like too, when I said the mythology, they didn't. They, that was that was not. I mean, for them, that was like their religion or their way of life. They weren't too concerned about organizing these things into genres in a bookstore or a movie yeah. uh, on your streaming device. Which, very un- unreliable categorizations, in my opinion, yeah. on most streaming services. Oh, there's sometimes where I'll see it. I'm like, really? You would put that in that? Netflix puts that in that category? But then you Whatever. find out that I did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they I have me over. And then I, I, I mail you like a handwritten, like 15 page letter explaining why. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! But yeah, fantasy—the fantasy genre. Lots going on. It's a fickle one, fickle but, one but an interesting one. Like I think, I think one. just from like we've talked, and a very loyal following. I, would I think. Say. I think anybody who's like a fan of digging into lore, like anytime you hear somebody go nuts and like, dude, I got all these, I got a whole library of stuff on the lore from this. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. I'm that guy. Yeah, I have. I'm the one that has the whole storage unit filled with hardcovered books of stuff that nobody cares about. <laughs> And I'm going to invite you over and start a podcast just to explain to you how much I love it. Uh, I knew it. I knew it. No consent. <laughs> <laughs>